This episode is brought to you by Seed. Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic is a broad-spectrum probiotic and prebiotic formulated with 24 scientifically validated strains for whole body benefits, engineered for maximum delivery to your colon, helping to support a healthy heart, maintain optimum cholesterol balance and lipid metabolism, as well as reinforce an optimal gut-skin access to promote clear skin. Visit seed.com Spotify and use code SPOTIFY25 to get 25% off your first month. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. We got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So, what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Woohoo! We're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. It goes down in the field. It go down. It go down in the field. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-patrollable bonus vest that expires seven days after receipt. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. The Drinkworks Home Bar by Keurig is the perfect start to set any holiday vibe. The Home Bar makes over 30 cocktails, brews, ciders, and more, all at the push of a button. From cosmopolitans to old fashions, each pod contains real ingredients and premium spirits. Insert the pod and let the Home Bar do the work. Go to drinkworks.com to order your Home Bar and see all available drinks. Drinkworks. Press play. Keurig is a registered trademark of Keurig Green Mountain, Inc., used under license. Please enjoy responsibly. Sissoko finally waited. Ericsson, low, great ball into the middle. What a save by Heaton. Tonight's Davison Sanchez, Lucas Moura, and belted into the net. Brilliant goal. On debut, Tungay Ondombele has scored the equaliser for Spurs. Lucas Moura clips it. Oh, great goal! Stephen Bergwijn has arrived in North London! That is absolutely incredible on debut! Oh, yay! What a finish for 3-2 from Serge Aurier! First time here to Son. Kane. 
good area for Spurs. Kane's not afraid to shoot. Wow, what a goal, Harry Kane. That is exceptional. Try and place it. Wonderfully taken by Eric Lamella. Never afraid to take on a shot, and with good reason. Terry in the Burnley back line, and Son breaks forward. Oh, wow, what a run. Yermin Son from inside his own half has scored one of the best goals of his Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Touchline Hotspur. Uh, today's cast, we've got Tops here. I've got Tops here with me. How are you doing, man? Yeah, good, brother. What are you saying? I'm good. I'm feeling good. I like I like the shirt there. Yeah, man. I had to, had to bring out the, the training top from uh, this year, so it's not so bad. Keep it wavy. Looking wavy. And Jack, how are you feeling, man? Yeah, yeah. Not too bad, man. Not too bad. Bit of cab- cabin fever, you know, with lockdown and all, but... The whole lockdown. We're all feeling it, I reckon. Um, how are you doing, teacher? Yeah, I'm blessed, bro, man. Not bad, just staying safe in this crazy world, taking one day as it as it comes. You have like, to, you have to. So you you've been avoiding the Rona, yeah? Yeah, bro. I've been dodging it. I was just telling these guys, I've been in the mountains, fam. I've been eating, growing the beard up, <laughs> getting it nice and fluffy. Obviously, just link the monks quickly, get my tranquility right. And um and I'm back now, feeling fresh, feeling good. Good, 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 good. So I think um it was it was a bit of a, a quiet week for Spurs, but let's start with the West Brom result. Uh so we had in fact tops, do you wanna take us through the lineups or the match? Yeah, man. So West Brom away on Sunday, first game of the day, uh Loris in goal, uh Regulon and Doherty. Uh, full-backs, Alderweireld mm-hmm. and Dyer, centre-backs. Centre In midfield, is a three of Ndombele, Sissoko and Hoiberg. And then the three up front was the first time they started together. So Bale on the right, Son on the left, and then Kane up the middle. So should we start with the front three? Like, what, what was your thoughts going into the match, Jack? I know, I know when you saw the front three. I <laughs> mean... Um... It was obviously gonna. We're all gonna say it's gonna be under. It was underwhelming, but yeah. um, I don't know if he. It was probably the intensity of the whole team that, obviously, where this tone wasn't set. But Son, I feel was it was it was pretty poor, uh, and he has been for the past couple of games now. And I just hope that it's not another short spell of the season where Son is gonna have a bad run of form because he has had that a few times. Mm-hmm. over a few seasons um, Bale doesn't uh, I mean physically he's not the same player I mean uh, we don't think any of us expect him to be that same explosive young Gareth Bale that he once was but um, you know he, he, he's shown in the, in the Europa League game as well moments of quality and or in the final third that Luke, that Lucas Bergwijn don't have mm-hmm. and um that's something that I think hopefully he'll he'll be adaptive to, um, given with age. And obviously Harry Kane, bad boy in <laughs> I don't know what more I can say about that guy. He's, he's all class. He's the best striker in the world. He, he really pulled us out like single-handedly. I think in in at the end of the, this game with that header, um, and it's one we've seen from him before. That was that sort of flick on header with the back to goal. Um, and you love to see it, to be honest, man. Like um, my thoughts on the game as well were I thought it was definitely a scrappy one. It was it was the kind of game that I feel like we would have lost or drawn. Um reminds me of Newcastle earlier in the season as well. 
So I'm glad we got a result out of it. I think if you compare this to West Ham, I said I probably would have taken this result. Um, I, I'd rather win with this scrappy performance than get like the three early goals and then concede the three goals at the end of the game. Like I hate that kind of stuff. But uh, teacher, what did you what did you think of the new lineup? Bell, Kane, um, and Son. First time seeing them together. Yeah, I mean, I suppose my thoughts going into the game in terms of look seeing the front three, seeing the formation, I was excited. You know, I'm seeing Gareth Bell an opportunity to sort of start a game fresh with Harry Kane, our main hitter. Because sometimes I feel like where Gareth Bell has been a bit lacklustre is I'm arguing him his point being that. He hasn't had the opportunity to play with a front three who's as talented as the likes of Sol and Harry Kane. So I was going into it thinking, you know, this could be a really positive outcome. But yeah, like it was said, I mean, it was underwhelming. Um, I mean, I didn't see that same level of intensity and passion and speed when players are linking up around Kane and running on and off the ball. But I don't suspect we'll be seeing that from Gareth Bell in the, in the short to medium term anyway. Um, just because where he's at in his career. But yeah, I mean, the techies are still there for me. You know, he's still got the right ideas. He gets his heads up. He can still move. He can put a pass together. Um, Son's performance wasn't in line with where he's been at for us this season. But I don't know. I'm going to look at it at the moment as a, as a short blip and dip in form. Because I think it's difficult to play at that level so consistently across the whole across the whole league. So yeah, I'm going to give him, I'm going to give him a bit of a bit of credit because he's still he's still got that stocked up in the bank. And Harry Kane, yeah, I think you know again he just proved himself as our talisman. Um, mm-hmm. You know he, he dug it out for us. He, he played a solid, strong performance across the whole, in terms of his running, getting up and down the pitch. He looked like he was on it. So not a great front three performance, but there were some good ideas there. And I think Harry Kane sort of yeah led by example. I think I think um, you you touched on some good points as well about. Bell still having the ability to do things like I think one of our better moments came from him playing a ball up. I think um I think he played it towards Sun. No, I think he played it towards Kane actually. And then no, he played it in Dombele. And then Dombele mm. flicked it on to, and mm-hmm. that's when it went to Sun. And I think Sun had a little bit too much time. He didn't know yeah. if he wanted to square it across goal again or, or play it. And I mean, we're talking about Sun's form here. And I think it, it seems to be those kind of situations that pop up, like when Son has too much time on the ball. I don't know what he's thinking about. Like it's like his shopping list just starts flashing before his eyes and stuff. Like, what what is it about Son? Like, what what what? How come he's a killer in some games? Like a stone cold killer, he just gets the ball and puts it right in the back of the net. And then other games, he just starts doing this to in and throwing thing. I mean, Tox, you got any opinions on that? Like, with Son, it's a funny one because. He's quite a unique player in the sense that he's ambidextrous, so he can he, he can go either left or right. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I think he, because of the type of player he is, in terms of like he's quite incisive, very quick. He likes to get snapshots away. You kind of need to take away the ability to make a decision from mm-hmm. him. You kind of want to just put him in areas where he can try and affect the game, just like that. Um, so when I actually watched that chance. I couldn't understand what took him so long to make a decision because when the ball came to him, he actually he actually could have hit it first time. Yeah. And then he had a second moment where he took it onto his left, could have hit it. And then for some reason, he delayed again. And then by that, by that point, the defender was able to race to him and then to, to block it, which is, you know, it's, it's frustrating. Like, mm. I feel like this is, this is the kind of player that we have seen 
him kind of be because we know that he has a high amount of ability. We know that he has moments where he shows that he can be world class. And this is this is the thing that really is gonna like push it for me because I've always said in my mind, if he hits twenty plus goals in the league, he will, in my opinion, turn into a player that I I can call world class. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, with Son, as we all know as Tottenham fans, he regularly has these moments where there's a stretch of games, a number of games, and he won't get into them. Lots of mistakes. He won't affect anything in the attacking third. And it's almost like carrying a bit of a dead weight. Mm-hmm. Like, and he sometimes seems to have these little runs. And I feel like whilst the season started well, we don't really want to get into a position where we are relying on him and we can't really trust him because there's other players that want to play. Mm-hmm. Like, And he is an important player for us. But I just think it's important that people like him do step up because we can't keep relying on Kane. Like Kane's a bagsman. You know, we all know how good he is. We all know his ability. But the one thing that's important about the team is that we need to start sharing the load. And it can't always be Kane pulling us out of the hole. So in this season, if it is a case of him stepping up and finding the right the right moments to get the important goals, even if it's a scrappy one nil or a four five nil or whatever. But he does need to step up, definitely. Like, I fully agree. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Fully agree, man. I think, you know, on, on, we've carried sort of an issue on the right side of our front three for a little while, like with Mora and Lamella sort of not, not performing as well as we wanted. And now we've got Bell added on top of that. And I think in that circumstance, you really can't um, carry a son that's not on form. Like we really need him to show up almost every game. Um with that as well, I guess we can move on to the midfield three. It's the Soko, Ndombele and Hoybjerg. Again, that's another story of, I guess, like one person shining. I see um, Jack shaking his head, man. <laughs> for anyone who's listening, for anyone who's just listening and not watching on YouTube, like Jack's expression says it all, man. But Jack, what do you think, man? <laughs> I think um, French football fans as well are just as frustrated with him as I am because... Oh, I, there, was, there was just numerous moments. There was one particular moment where it was the second half. We were, we're passing it around and we made a slight opening on the edge of the box. It's over at the ball and it went sideways and then backwards again. Mm-hmm. And it's just moments like that where he has his purpose in the squad. I, I still feel he has his purpose in the squad. But when you're putting him up there in those positions, he, do, he doesn't belong there. He doesn't belong yeah, there. Right. And, I mean... It's 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 frustrating, man. Because like I've said, I've said previously on, on the pod, in my opinion, mm. like I I I know it sounds difficult, but I just don't want to see him play him in midfield because I feel like the team that we are and the players that we possess, his role is only a role that is almost like a like a non-footballing role, in the sense that he's a kind of player in the big games. I know it sounds mad, right? But hear me out. In the big games, you need a player like this because they're high energy and they're going to make other players work because they're always going to be pressing. They're always going to be giving other players problems in terms of their in terms of their ability to uh, let them play, whether they can be press resistant. And this type of player, I am all for it because actually in the big games, sometimes that's that's the difference, you know? Yeah. That's yeah. the difference. But I have said it previously, in games like this where you're playing a team that you know is going to sit in, they know that the chances are going to be few and far between and you're playing against a team which are my opinion, in my opinion are inferior to us. Mm-hmm. Man for man, as a football club, they're inferior. So, if I'm honest with you, 
I was on smoke before the start. Because I was like, <laughs> with the attacking fullbacks, with Ndombele playing, with Bell starting, I was thinking... It has four, to five be goals. Yeah, I was thinking four or five nil because there's no reason why we shouldn't be making this team sweat. I was looking at the reason. back line, bro. I was thinking yeah. Bartley, O'Shea, like these kind of people. I swear Townsend you know, was even playing left back For line. some reason, like <laughs> we, we go into this game and from the very off, like we just look a bag of nerves. And mm. in that sort of game, it really is the difference of one or two bits of quality. If you think back to games where like it's been difficult against teams away, let's say for instance, all them years ago, Palace away, we got one bit of quality from Ericsson to get that goal. Sometimes, or the game against Man City, against Man City in the Champions League, we had a one bit of quality that Son was able to pull us out, get the goal. Sometimes you need that. But in games against teams like West Brom, Fulham, I'm sorry, there's no place for it because you need players who can technically play, who can get on the ball and create things. And that's why I think it's harsh to say that he doesn't have a place in the team. I think he has a place in the squad. Yeah. But I feel like in games, we need to be careful of who we pick and where we play them. Because in my opinion, that was a perfect kind of game to have Le Chelsea. Even, you know what? I'd even go as far as saying perfect kind of game to have Lamella. Because if you have these type of players, they're happy and comfortable to get on the ball. The one thing that worries me about Soko is that whilst he's very good at pressing, the willingness and the wantingness to get on the ball. That is what worries me. And and yeah. when he does get it, he's playing passes that he doesn't even need to play because they're simple passes. They're, they're, they're either one-touch, you know, bounce balls or they're reverse passes back into the defence. And there's very, very little progressive play. If anything, I would actually prefer to have Ndombele play as like, as like a six in there with Hoiberg and then have someone like Luchelso or Lamella in front of them. But, because there's times when like Ndombele couldn't really get on the ball because he was playing as a 10, which that's another that's another topic. But Sissoko, I just feel like in that role in midfield, ugh, there's specific games where he has to play. And West Brom was not the kind of game that we needed to play in. And the thing about West Brom as well is that like, you know, before that game, we had played that we had played them four times in the Premier League, and they've always been tight games where the difference has been one goal in every single of those games. I think we We've won one of the previous four before the game on Sunday. And, and, we've, and, and we've drawn, or, I think, drawn or, or lost two, I think. So it's kind of difficult because you know this team is going to cause us problems. But mm. Sissoko just wasn't really, in my opinion, he wasn't the right player to play. And yeah. we didn't change it quick enough, even in my opinion. Man. We, we, allowed that, we allowed that first half to fester, man. And honestly, it was poor. Like I think we took off even um, Ndombele before we took off Sissoko. Yeah. And I mean, I can't remember who said it, but it's, it's, it was definitely a case of showing them way too much respect. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as much as I agree with, um, I suppose, yeah, with, with Tops and um, just having, I suppose, you know, the likes of Lamella or Lacelso in there to play a more tidy game. Like, I'm always a big fan of having someone like Sissoko in the midfield. Just because he plays that, disruptor role, he plays that ugly game, he gets up and down the pitch, um, stops the opposition from getting into a bit of a rhythm. But yeah, I think it was on the pitch a bit too long for me because you could tell as, as, as the game progressed and people started to get tired, he, he just weren't making the right decisions. And yeah. I think that's an opportunity for us to then start capitalising on the space um, that that's going to get created because of, because of the legs. But yeah, I think his shift in the first 45 minutes, I can understand the decision. 
I can understand the decision to start Suzuko because he is he is gonna he is gonna stop them from getting that rhythm. And I think West Brom, as much as as much as they're not necessarily a passing side, like they all play well together, they're well drilled. And I think if you've got someone like Suzuko who's just sort of cutting in the half spaces, putting pressure on the touch, and and playing that sideward pass when 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 the options are obvious to the likes of. Um, uh, Undenbelli or Hoiberg, you can play a smart, smart ball. Then I can understand the job, but yeah, for me, after a while, you can see he just got complacent and he wasn't up to it. The technical ability that was required in the latter stages of that game to keep the ball ticking and to to get a, to get a better result than one that we had. To give think, him, oh, sorry, sorry. Um, no, sorry, I think I think Matt Doherty playing also. I think whoever's playing at right back, I think that's the reason why Sissoko is there on the pitch. He's yeah. only midfielder there that's going to cover that wing and that's the only sort of logic I see as to why Jose plays him otherwise you know not going to prove any use in a game like West Brom away yeah there's I think that's it's that's literally the only answer you can give for it because you would think as well we could I mean we had 60% possession so it's like how many chances will there be for Sissoko to break up it feels like it's West Brom's not probably not the best counter-attacking team in the world. Like. But couldn't um, you argue, though, yeah, the reason why we had that possession is because of Suzoko's intensity in terms of putting pressure on, on the touch and not giving them an opportunity to build any confidence and play ball. That's what I meant by, like, him being a bit of a disruptor. No, I, I agree with you. Yeah, I agree. And, and you know, I, I do agree with that. But then, in that same sense, right, you have a similar player like that in Hoiberg. Yeah. And then to have two of those kind of players against a team which is not going to play better football than us, arguably... You know, mm. as 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 Eero said, like that does look like to me showing them too much respect. And teams like that, they need to be humbled quickly. And then once the game is done, then you can continue playing however you want to play. In my opinion, anyway. Mm. Mm. That's that's the only thing I was gonna say. Like, I just feel like in a game with with that much possession, it's like we want to be doing better things with the ball. I think. And Sissoko was a bit of a passenger when we had the ball in that game. Um, in that game specifically, I mean, there are other games. Sometimes he does, he takes, he, he does, he goes on some of those runs, like some of those uh, mindless runs when he goes yeah. goes past <laughs> about four man and, and, and does his and, thing. And, and you know what? Like, no one's calling him out personally. Yeah, yeah. If I'm honest with you, like a lot of them were poor. Like, and, mm. and Dombele, that first half was was poor yeah. throughout the game. Um, uh, Son was poor. You know, Bell didn't really Bell get poor, to it. Yeah. You know, there was there was lots of like not stand up. Uh, performances but lots of very anonymous performances in my opinion anyway yeah I mean you could probably say that our defenders were were like the people who turned up other than Kane yeah. um, it, it was a I wouldn't say it was like a strong defensive performance but it was a competent one do you get what I mean I thought Dyer mm. did really well um, and Alderweireld to be honest uh do you know what Regulon was probably the best? Like I, I wouldn't, I couldn't think of anything he did wrong, which is probably a good sign. He was doing his job well, I thought. Um, and I'm glad Doherty got the assist as well, man. Like he needs it. Yeah. I want to see a lot more of that. Um, yeah. yeah, and it was a brilliant ball as well, to his credit. Yeah, to it was, his credit, great it was a really good ball. Great ball, man. Hopefully, it's a sign of things to come. Um, fin- Vinicius, I didn't, I haven't seen much of when he came on. I'll be honest. Um, I don't know how his performance went. I know him and Mora have that little connection, so I don't know, man. Hopefully, there's something there. Hopefully, something can happen. But I mean, let's let's get away from the whole doom and gloom. I mean, for what we were top of the league for an hour. 
couple yeah. hours there. <laughs> 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 things things yeah. were looking good, man, from the top, man. Yeah. That's good at the top. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, it was weird because I mean, like, we I probably expected to be up there just for a few minutes or whatever it was, and then um the next results would roll in. But mm. it seems like all of the results around us as well conveniently went in our favor. Um yeah which I mean is always great and then it begs the question like um I think what we usually ask the question is is are we good enough sort of to be at the top of the league or to be there or thereabouts when the league ends but I want to put a little bit of a twist on it today do you do you guys think we can compete for the league without being better than we were last year is that possible so I mean um, I've looked at, not necessarily last year, but I looked at Pochettino's last year, I think it was. And at this point, we had, um, I think, more points, but we were in sixth because other teams were, like, obviously Liverpool were running away with the league. And it felt, obviously, it feels a lot better right now, but we're not necessarily doing better than we've been we've done in previous years. Obviously, context matters. But do you, what I'm trying to say is you can you can have that run of games where you win the league because other people do badly. I mean, mm. yeah. Do you think that's possible for us? Uh, with our defense, no. Um, <laughs> granted, granted, Toby and Dyer have been our best centre back partnership in this year. Yeah. Um, I still don't trust our whole back line. I don't trust any of our right backs defensively. Um, I don't trust them as a unit as well. Um, though we have been getting a few clean sheets in a row now. But um, yeah, I, I just don't... We still got... Us, the next round of games that we've got, we've, that's where we um, that's where we show uh, our true colours. Um, we've had a relatively decent run. The only tough game we've really had was... Well, on paper, at least, was Man United away. Mm-hmm. Uh, we battered them. But um, even still... I think these games aren't really the measure of um, where we're going to be right now. But having said that, this season is crazy. It's all topsy-turvy. And, yeah. But at the same time, last season, we had ample, ample opportunity to, to to get fourth. The number of times Chelsea and May United, and they, they dropped points, and, yeah, we, and we still failed to capitalise every week. That was the most frustrating thing about last season. Every time we had that opportunity to get fourth and in a particular match, match weekend, mm-hmm. but we just, we just, we just completely messed yeah, up. It wouldn't happen. And this season, I think we're, we're more equipped to at least finish, finish in the top four. But the only reason why people would say we're in the top four challenge is because just like you said, the league's a mess. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to read out some of the, next, the fixtures for the rest of the year. We've got um, Man City, uh, I'm just going to read out Premier Premier League. But we've got Man City, then Chelsea, then we've got Arsenal, then we've got Palace, then Liverpool, then Leicester, and oh yeah, and then Wolves. Wolves on Boxing Day as well, and then Fulham. So I mean, that is pretty full on. Mm. Um, I, I guess like let's let's look at the main ones. We've got uh, next week. We've got we're at home against City. Then away against yeah. Chelsea, that's going to be another battle at home against Arsenal. Mm. Those three, like what? What? What do you expect? Like what? What should we be getting out of those three? I know it feels like, or I feel like we're capable of getting nine points at this stage, 
but not if we turn up like we did against West Brom. That's the problem. Yeah. Yeah. So what's that? So that's home at City, away at Arsenal, and away at Chelsea. Chelsea, yeah. Yeah. For the next. I mean, week. I mean, no, it's home. It's home at Arsenal, sorry, and then away at Chelsea. Yeah. I'd, I'd be, I'd be, I'd be, I'd be pleased with seven points, and I think that's me being realistic and optimistic at the same time. I think if we take nine points from those three games, amazing, like amazing, amazing. But I think it's going to be tough to not concede a goal against the likes of Arsenal um, in an away game. I think it's going to be tough to not concede a goal against City. Um, and giving credit to to our, our back four over the recent weeks, like they've obviously sorted something out and worked out a few kinks between them. But we're now coming up against the elite forwards in the Premier League. And they've not, at this stage in the league anyway, been tested to that extent. Um, so I, I can see us conceding goals. Um, and I, I don't necessarily think that will be a victory at the end of every single game, but I would like I would like to think seven points is possible. Um, it's difficult to pick which games we'll win and which ones we'll lose and which ones we'll yeah, draw. You know, I was going to draw you out yeah. that next man. It, it's hard. I, mean, <laughs> I like I like I have to say we'll beat Arsenal because I think we're a better squad. We've got better depth. We're playing better football, in my opinion, and we're in better form. And they're so obviously like, just crap as well. Is that part? Yeah, that's the, the, and the main thing is they're not they're not good. But yeah, so I think there's three points there. Do you know what? Chelsea have been playing well, man. I'm not going to lie. Chelsea have been playing well and they're competitive and it looks like Lampard's starting to get a tune out of them as well um, in terms of him sort of finalising on, on, on where he's playing Kante mm-hmm. um, and, and how to get um, Havertz and, and, and Werner playing together. So, yeah, I could see that possibly being a draw, which means obviously I'm going for the City win. A win that we've done before, but, you know, we'll be at home. Um, you know, Aguero's still out. Is he, is he still out for that game? Yeah, he's still out. Still so, out. Yeah, Aguero's yeah. still out. They, they, they've had a few problems defensively. So I like to think as long as we can try and keep Sterling quiet, then there's no reason why we can't get a result from that. Yeah, you know what? I'm with you. I think I'm with you, man. Um, I even think we could do Chelsea. Um, like you said, I think it is. it, it, it does come down to... I guess who plays. It comes down to who starts the game. What um, on both teams as well, not just our team, and not just yeah. It comes down to. But let's focus on City first. I think you made a good point. In City, have weakness at the back, mm. and I mean, who do you think would be the best front three to attack? Personally, I would go. I would go Lucas Son and Kane. Yeah, um, they're just a bit more experienced playing together. It's pace on both sides of Kane that's going to be very, very hard for them to deal with. The counter-attacking option is always going to be open. I love the way Kane drops deep and plays that intuitive pass to set people free. And then Lucas, I trust in the in the, in the box to bury. And Son, obviously, we tried and tested. Um, so for me, that would be my front three. And I reckon that will cause him some trouble. Oh, I, I don't know about Lucas. Um, <laughs> what, I, what I will say is it might be a bit controversial and it's controversial to me. I'm, I'm going against what I said earlier in the, on in the season. I've been I've been the biggest sort of slater of Lamella mm-hmm. for a long, long yeah. time. And I've wanted him gone for, for a few years now. But with Lamella, at least he brings something in that front line, he bring he sets the tone. He brings that level of intensity to the side that mm. I think is needed to to, fr- to really get at that defense, that Man City defense. 
I don't think Lucas has the intelligence to to he has the pace. He's got the he's got the attributes there. He just doesn't run in behind mm-hmm. in a team that lets you run in behind. That's the decision, yeah. It's gonna be frustrating. It's gonna be so annoying watching that. And I feel Lamel, with Lamella's intensity and aggression in that side, which will really obviously that's gonna be needed because City are gonna you know they're gonna play out of the back, they're gonna to wanna to pass that ball around. Mm. I think a player like Lamella is going to be needed. He, like I said, sets the tone for the whole team and we press better when he's there, even though he is the most frustrating player in the world on the ball. Mm. He, he still, that's still more than what I feel Lucas and Bergwijn bring. Mm. I, think, yeah, I, can, I can definitely agree with that. I mean, C is always going to be difficult. You know, even last year when we won, you know, we just had to accept that they, they were going to have a lot of the ball. Mm. And generally against most teams, they do. Um, we just have to make sure that when the chances come your way, you absolutely have to put them away. Um, I can echo Jack's point. I feel like sometimes with Lucas, the attributes are there, but in this in this sort of game, I'd actually would prefer to have Lamella, but I feel like Lucas will, will go purely because of his pace and also his experience in these type of games. Um, it's going to be a funny one because their defence even though everyone calls it suspect, they're starting to get a bit of a rhythm out of them in terms of they've got, they're getting continuity with regards to um, Diaz and Laporte playing. Um, they're getting Kevin De Bruyne playing regularly in the, in his preferred role alongside uh, Sterling on that left side. The only issue really they've been having is just the striker situation. And obviously with Jesus, which I expect will probably start against us. Um so you know it won't be easy, but I just feel like they're a team that can that can be got at. Yeah. I watched that game Liverpool against against them on Sunday, and you know there were four or five different occasions that Liverpool could have scored in that first half very easily, and and interestingly, all on the counter. So and we know how dangerous Liverpool are on the counter. So I feel like that will be something that we should definitely use to our advantage because Kane coming in a bit deeper, having you know forward runners, having even uh, someone like. Um, <clears throat> someone like Aurea playing mm-hmm. is obviously going to push Lucas a bit more inside. So this is the kind, these these are the kind of uh, play uh, patterns of play that we kind of want to push on City to try and stretch them because because you know it, it's going to be hard. There's going to it's going to be probably bits of the game where we don't have the ball, and the way Mourinho lights us up in these big games, it's always a bit of a tight affair. Mm-hmm. Do you do you oh. guys think we could pull off that that sort of four two four? Um, formation kind of that that Liverpool were sort of lining up in. We don't have so. the. I don't think we have the engine like Liverpool do um, in the middle. Yeah, middle. yeah, yeah it feels it's four. It's four two four. It still feels like they've got three four midfielders because of <laughs> their And uh, you know what? It's it's crazy that they were actually able to play that sort of formation against, against City, City yeah. away. You yeah. you've got to kind of give. Yeah, some credit for that, you know. I mean, and it like for large amounts of it, especially in that first half, it really worked. But I think, I think, I think one thing that plays a part in that is they don't City don't have that creativity down the middle because since David Silver left, mm-hmm. they're gonna they're gonna get at you out, out wide now. Yeah. Uh, I think that's that's probably an advantage we've got if we have. If, I presume we're gonna play Hoiberg and um, Sissoko in the middle. I think um, they're gonna they're gonna go out. They're gonna force it out wide. They're gonna target. Um, they're gonna target Doherty or Morier um, definitely. Um, 
but creativity down that middle, it's not there. It's not, oh, it's not there compared to what it was in the in past seasons. And that's something I, that's a criticism of Pep. His best players, most important players were players that he hadn't signed. Yeah. Um, all of, and a lot of them were players that were signed back in 2011, 2010, 2011. So yeah. it's a worrying thing for City. It's me. interesting. Like they, even they were, they were saying in the, in the, in the discord the other day, like when you watch them, you know, it almost feels like they almost seem like as if they're tired of Pep's way. You know, they're almost, they're almost tired of overplaying and actually the creativity and the rhythm that they once had doesn't seem to be there, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, they seem to be getting through fair amount of games on individual quality, which is fair because they have they have the players to be able to do that. But over a long season, especially with this, the striker situation, you know, everyone says that they're the next best team after Liverpool. I'd, I'd be interested to see how they perform in some of these big games against some of the other big teams as well. Definitely be interested. And... They're going to be thinking coming away to Tottenham, where they played last season well and lost. How are they going to approach this differently with some of their key players that, that they had last season, not even there this season? You know. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it'll be a good game. But I, I think, in my opinion, I think we have the, we have the tools to beat them. I think um, it's a kind of game that we should be trying to win. Mm. Um, we've not performed amazingly at home. But I also believe as well that we are a team with the kind of players that we have. We seem to play a bit better against teams that are similar sort of level in terms of quality and and um, players. Mm-hmm. So I feel like whilst the game won't be as negative, maybe the West Brom or the uh, Brighton game before, I feel like it will be easier to get our best players playing how they probably can play and, and expressing yeah. themselves a bit better. Yeah, yeah, personally, in my opinion, anyway. Yeah, I mean, this is this is the kind of match that Tottenham love. Like, usually, these are, these are the, these are the matches when we see our best performances. So, um, I've got my fingers crossed for that. I guess what I'm a little bit worried about are like set pieces. I guess that's usually where we kind of struggle against some of those lower teams as well. But I mean, City are really good at set pieces. Mm. Uh, at least they were. I'm not sure. Yeah, they they must be. I mean, the bro, you got the brainer there. Like what? What do you expect? Um, so yeah, I think I think, sorry, I think but, Bruno's going to have to tell someone to 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 stand on on De Bruyne, um, whether that's Hoyberg's job or Suzuko's job if he plays. Um, that is where the danger is. You know, his ability to look up and find a pass and and the willing runners that he's got in front of him is what will cause us trouble. Um, but saying that, I think we'll we'll be strong on the counter as we've seen. Um, in a couple of our games, especially the one against Man United, the ability to look up very quickly and uh, and find the likes of Son or, or Lucas or Olamelo or whoever plays actually, um, is where we'll see some success. But tough game, tough game, tough game. But uh, it good though, man. It'll be good. And I think after that game, we'll be in a position to have a better gauge of where we're at and how we're performing under Mourinho, which I'm really absolutely, looking forward to doing. absolutely, absolutely, man. Like as well as like Jack said before. The games, you know, if we look at the results that, of the games that we played, you know, mm-hmm. bar the Antwerp result, these are kind of, this is kind of how we kind of expected it to have gone, you know, up to this point. And actually for us to be at this point, what, second or third in the league, no injuries, going into this run with the squad that we have and everything, I mean, 
it could be a lot worse. And I hope that we kind of are able to start this first game as the sort of kickstart to propel us in these next few games against these against you know what is very difficult opposition. Yeah. But hopefully, if we start on a high, then we can carry on because I think if we can get a favourable number of points at the end of this result, come come December Boxing Day, um, I think we could be there or thereabouts. You know. I fully agree. Fully agree. Um, do you think that in order to move on towards sort of like, I guess, dominating these these kinds of teams, do you think it's, it's a case of changing management, changing tactics or changing players? Or do you think it's a case of continuing on the same path? Bit much. I know I just kind of threw on you guys there. But, um, well, guess- no, like, like what, what's, what's interesting is that there's been games where Mourinho has played, he's played five at the back mm-hmm. and we've seen that maybe it doesn't work. But I feel like with the way that we've been playing, especially the last two games, the fact that we've kept clean sheets, I would hope and like to think that he was going to try and keep some consistency. It does look like he is trusting in Dombele in midfield more and he seems to have favourable um, decision-making in terms of picking Sissoko alongside in there as well. Mm-hmm. So I would be hoping that there would be only a couple of positions that he'd be looking at. He'd probably want to maybe pull Aurea in because Aurea can give them a bit more of an attacking um, problem down that right side, but then maybe he might want to bring in Davies because he knows that Regulon's going to get want to get up and down. Maybe he wants to hold it a bit defensively. I can't, I can't envisage Bale starting purely because he probably wants someone like Lucas or Mamela, who's probably a bit more experienced and, and would have been used to playing in this type of game for us. Mm-hmm. So in these kind of games, it's, it's difficult because Munio again, doesn't change the team. It doesn't change the formation, especially too often. Yeah. Um, and the last thing you want to do is put the players in a position against a team of quite good quality. Uh, in roles or positions that maybe they're not 100% comfortable with. Yeah, um, and uh, yeah, definitely. And I think, um, well, yeah, well, like you said, he doesn't change formations on paper, but the intensity in this style of play does change depending on the opposition. And um, we've seen Mourinho do this before um, for, for the past 16 years. Um, the games, games against May night, for example, he'll, no matter how well Chelsea are playing at the time, He'll always drop off a little bit against them, um, no matter how. But even if Man United form isn't that great, and even even against us, I thought there was one game in particular where I thought, "What is Mourinho?" This is when he was. Um, this is a thirteen fourteen season when we drew against Chelsea one one. Sigerson scored that game, um, and Chelsea were leaps and bounds beyond us uh, that season. But he didn't get out of that game, and we were we were poor that season, and. There are games like that where he's gonna just not play with much intensity at all, and he's just gonna. He's, that's the that's the pragmatic Jojo. That's what he he he'll you know normally he'll batter the smaller teams and just not try not to lose against the bigger teams. Yeah, you're yeah. dropping. You're gonna get. You're gonna prevent that's those nice. teams from get, gaining points by drawing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and. Um, at, ho- at home, he'll try and win it, but games away, he, I don't think he's gonna he's gonna necessarily play to definitely win. He'll try and get Man City drop some points at least. Where, where while we're above them, especially, you know, 
and as well like you know you're kind of having to strike this fine balance because you want to see us play in a certain type of way but if we're playing in this pragmatic reserved kind of way and we're picking up results I mean you're never going to change it are you you know you're going to you're kind of going to you're kind of going to continue down that road even though it might not be necessarily what people want to see but the last two games now if we're, if we're being honest you know we've started okay in both and we haven't really performed over the duration of both games but all of a sudden now we've we've taken six points we've not conceded any and we've scored goals you know to win the game so you almost be looking at that and thinking okay how much more different is he going to do is he going to is he going to change things against a team who he knows is going to be a lot a lot better in terms of in terms of opposition you know mm-hmm. my worry with Mourinho's logic sometimes is like I guess because he's got so much experience of winning winning trophies, winning winning championships and so on, like his view is is quite clear that you're not gonna win the league by winning every game. And my worry is when he comes up against stiffer opposition, he's quite happy to go one up and then you know park the bus or chuck everyone behind the ball, um, you know, bring on another centre back, bring on another defensive midfielder and try and see out the game. But the, the problem is with that sort of logic is teams like City, teams like Chelsea, teams like Arsenal, to, to their credit, they're so good now that you really, you're, 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 you're really asking for a lot of luck to go 30, 40 minutes, 30, 40 minutes um, holding on to a 1-0, a 1-0 lead. Like, that's going to get broken down. And I feel with Mourinho at the helm, as much as I do appreciate you're not going to win a league by winning every game, you need to win some one you need to draw some, you need to pick and choose when you're going to go all out. Um, my worry is I have a real belief in Spurs being able to kill off teams when we get our head down and when we, when we, when we start, when we start putting, putting the, the, the strings together and, and, and finishing our, finishing our chances. Um, and I just don't think that we're set up defensively to not concede against good opposition over a period longer of sort of 40, 50, 30, 30, 40 minutes, to be honest with you. Like, uh, we need to be playing football like we're trying to take the game two teams. And I think that's when we're at our best. I don't think we're the type of team that, that gets away with playing that level of opposition, just trying to play defensively minded. Is, is that like um, instructed or is that a fitness thing? Because apart from the United and yeah. Southampton game, every game we played well in is only in the first half. And then we just completely yeah. tailed off. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a, it's, again, it's a really difficult one to gauge. Um, you know, I mentioned it as, as well a little bit. Like, we all know that one of the hallmarks of Pochettino's reign at Tottenham was that he had 11, 15 players that he knew were physically ready to play the way he wanted to play. Mm-hmm. And even if that meant you coming in January or you coming in late in um, the preseason, he always knew that he would only really give you an opportunity when your fitness was at the right level. So, there's been times this season where I've looked at the way we've played and we almost seem to tail off, I don't know, maybe 50, 60, 70 minutes into games. So you, you can maybe question, is there possibly a potential issue with fitness? Is there something that is uh, larger that we, not maybe, that we don't maybe know about? Just because one of the things that we see with Pochettino's team is that whereby we were not holding on to games, we were actually looking to win and score 
more in the latter period of games, which was obviously like a good thing because actually a lot of the time it was because we were team we were a team that was able to run harder and longer and faster than other teams over the 90 minutes. Um, if Mourinho maybe obviously isn't, well, I don't know, but if, if that maybe isn't a priority of his and actually he's quite happy to take the one nils, which, which I imagine he probably is. I mean, he's been a pragmatic coach and yes, he has a, had attacking football and won things playing attacking football. But generally, my belief is that he is the, the ultimate pragmatist. This is the way that I think that he would truly like to play. And if it means he gets, or shit, shit house, shit houses are one nil or two one. I mean, I promise you guys, he's going to take that every single time, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think um, he definitely has some focus on fitness. Like we can tell that with um, how he cheated and Don Belay when he first came. Um, he, I mean, uh, I don't know. When, when, when I heard the news of um, Stevie Berwin sort of being sent back from the national team, like I was worried, initial thoughts anyway, I was worried it was about fitness. I thought it was going to be that sort of thing. So, I mean, I think naturally Mourinho's got his finger on the pulse, I would say, in regarding fitness. Like he doesn't want to play players who can't play for that 90 minutes unless it's one of those um, ones where he's he's just trying to get his sound bite for the interview after the match. Like what I think it was against, um, uh, I can't remember which match it was, um, was it Mackay? I can't remember the name. But when we played in the Europa League and he started Deli Ali, um, Royal Antwerp, I mean, sorry, yeah, oh, like, yeah, like yeah. that match. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's more of a thing where it, it feels like a lot of the time Mourinho is getting the tactics wrong at the beginning of the matches sometimes, or I don't know what it is. And then he's changing things at half time, for example. And then we're coming out at the beginning of the second half looking better. Or he's making subs and then we're looking better after the subs. But I think it's it's, it's been a rare, a rare occurrence to see us sort of bossing the game from start to finish mm. and, and not making any mistakes. So, I mean, yeah, there's definitely there's definitely that aspect of it as well. Um, it's, it's very interesting, man. It's very interesting. And I, I always like to... like I, 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 I'll try not to spend too much time on this, but... When it's international week, like I, I, I was going on about this last time, like I absolutely hate it. I hardly watch any games. But when I do catch up, um, I try to just look at how the Spurs players perform. <laughs> if anything, I want to see how they look sort of, I guess, without that. I don't have that excuse to say Mourinho gave them this instruction or Mourinho told them to do this or do that, or it's just mm. Mourinho's tactics. So, I mean... Um, it's good. Like, did you guys catch any of the games or did, did you see any of the performances? I guess we should, yeah. we should start there. I watched the England game. Um, Winks played well, I thought. Uh, I was really pleased to see that as well because, to be fair, you kind of get the feeling that he's slowly getting edged out of the, edged out of the rave. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, I like Winks and I got time for him, so I don't want that to be his destiny, but I get the impression... <laughs> He's, t- he's in the oven, he's in the oven, he's cooking, he's cooking, he's in the oven. He's not done, he's not done, he's not done, but he's getting warm. But yeah, he had a good game, he had a good game, man. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, the opposition is the opposition, so it's difficult to read too much into that. But I thought his assist was a good assist, um, you know, showed some confidence to whip that ball in. It was done accurately, uh, and Maguire a good finish in the end. Um, Matt Doherty also played in that game. Um 
Yeah, it, it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't that impressive, Matt. I think you know he, he got up and down. He, he he did the job, and I suppose who he's playing alongside doesn't necessarily do him any favors. But I didn't see anything particularly exciting from him during that game. But then again, you know he's up against the likes of um, Sancho and Grealish, who both played really good football. He played um, on the on the left, didn't he? Yeah, so out of position, which that was a bit weird. Though. Yeah. I guess you take what you can get in these times, in these corona, corona-ridden times, man. That's it. But um, it was interesting to see that he had that in his locker anyway. So you never know when that might come in handy one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, the only other one I think who played was... Actually, I don't know. I'm not sure. Did Rick, Rick Long play? I didn't see him play. Yeah, I, I think he played for Spain. I saw screenshots of him in a... Okay, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's looking good. I think I think it's all looking good. Um yeah, it's interesting. I think we're we're at a good place right now, but it's strange because there we've we've got players who I think are not excelling, and and there are players who who we need to rely on. So I'm I'm thinking of of the likes of Winks. I'm thinking of the Deli Alleys, and I'm thinking of even like the Moras. And these these are the players who are essentially like our squad players, and we need them to be of a certain level, a certain standard. And when they're not of that standard and you have to call on them, I think that's when the issues start. Like, um, I'm sure you're all familiar with, like, the Dr. Tottenham thing and, and everything like that. And we've been really lucky with it this year. But, I mean, a few key injuries touch wood and, like, that would probably be the end of, of all the happy talk on this podcast. Like, yeah. start getting a bit of shouting and screaming going on. So, <laughs> I mean, let's hope, <laughs> let's hope it don't hit, don't hit that way, man. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed, man. I just want it. I just want it to be that sort of environment again, where, like you said, Winks looks like he's being edged out, and then that sort of crept into his performances, and then he goes off to international, and you said he looked like he was playing good, man. So hopefully that's a good sign that it just needs to. Just, just on that though, I, I don't necessarily think his international performance gave Mourinho any burning questions. Like I don't, I don't necessarily think okay. that yeah. Mourinho would have looked at that and be like, oh. I've got a decision to make here. He played well. He played well. He was, you know, he didn't he didn't let himself down. Um, and actually, where he's at right now, anytime he's on the pitch, it's good if he's getting some kind of key pass or assist or anything like that. So he, he done his job, in my opinion. Nice. And like one thing as well, you have to take into account is that like there's lots of new players at Tottenham as well. Mm. So the consistency of playing with top, with, with players when he comes into the team, when he's always when he's previously was been in the team. Is going to be way different when he's playing with England players that he has been playing alongside regularly for for quite a bit of time as well. Like I feel like it's difficult for him because he hasn't really done much wrong, but mm-hmm. where I think he falls is that there's nothing remarkable about him to then keep him in in the sides. You know, um, mm-hmm. I feel like he does have a role to play, and as you said, there's a lot of players I think in that squad who will have roles to play this season because, as you can see in the Liverpool team, a little injury here, a little injury there, some situation there, some some situation here, and all of a sudden, your team is down to what would people would call bare bones, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a situation that we obviously had last season, but we can actually reflect and see based on the transfer activity we did that we now have a squad. But it's no point in having a squad if, if the squad players aren't players you can't call up on, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think it's very important that the guys who are the squad players are prepared to come in and do jobs, man. Like, and I'm really, really looking at people like Ali, 
I'm looking at Bergwin, I'm looking at Mora, I'm looking at Lamella, I'm looking at Winks, I'm looking at Davies, I'm looking, you know, all these guys who have been in the Tottenham setup for a long time, they have roles to play because there's going to be weeks where we can't afford to play Hoiberg, we can't afford to play Kane, can't afford to play, you know, Alderweireld every game. So players are going to have to come in and step up. We're just, it's just the way. At the end of the day, yes, an 11 can win you the league, but in a, in a long season where we're still in four, uh, four or five competitions, we still need to make sure that we're giving ourselves a chance in every single game, you know? Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, just, just to sort of wrap up, I wanted to give, <laughs> give the listeners like a little quote from um, a guy I like to call Sir Racism, uh, Mr. John Barnes. But um, <laughs> he's come. He's come out. Um, did you see his his comments on Tottenham from in the group chat? Yeah, but he he's basically said Tottenham are not title contenders, and his re- his reasoning for this is because we're always one game away from disaster. And since he said that, I think Liverpool have lost Salah and they've lost Gomez. Uh, yeah, and it's just, it's just going like completely downhill. Not saying it's, it's his fault or anything, but it's just interesting how it's the uh, energy fan, the universe. <laughs> like Honestly, sometimes the universe man, the world finds ways to come back at you, man. I, I promise you, trust me, man. Like you can't come with that energy and think nothing's gonna happen to your beloved Liverpool, man. We do yeah, it, man. man. Stop it, man. <laughs> And on that note, <laughs> I think that's a wrap for the day, man. Um, lads, been a good show. Been a pleasure. Blessings. Until Always. next time, man. Until next time. It's good to see you. Okay. Nice, Sissoko finally waited. Ericsson, low. Great ball into the middle. What a save by Heaton. Tonight's Davison Sanchez. Lucas Mora. And belted into the net. Brilliant goal. On debut, Tunge Ondombele has scored the equaliser for Spurs. Lucas Moura clips it. Oh, great goal! Stephen Bergwijn has arrived in North London! That is absolutely incredible on debut! Aurier! What a finish for 3-2 from Serge Aurier! First hand here to Son. Kane, good area for Spurs. And Kane's not afraid to shoot. Wow, what a goal, Harry Kane. That is exceptional. Try and place it. Wonderfully taken by Eric Lamella. Never afraid to take on a shot, and with good reason. Terry in the Burnley back line, and Son breaks forward. Oh, wow, what a run. Yemin Son from inside his own half has scored one of the best goals of his. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary. Social Podcast Network. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground. 
cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.